Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Safari Steve and today I have Kenzie back on the show and we are talking about Roe vs. Wade and trigger laws and and abortion, etc, etc. And um, this is a little disclosure thing. If this episode you might find offensive or bothers you, you could just go ahead and turn this off right now. But if you're wanting to learn, without further ado, Kenzie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me back. I mean, it's it's an unfortunate reason to have a episode. However, it is a necessary reason as well to reach maybe people who just aren't aware, aren't educated, or just don't know what to think. Well, I was going to have you on the show anyways, back on. <laughs> but um, I'm honored. But, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, I... I am a good example of I'm uneducated in this matter, particularly Roe versus Wade. I've heard a lot about it, and but I don't. Me being a history buff, I don't know really much the history of abortion and um, Roe versus Wade. Yeah, no, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. Though we are taught at you know an earlier age in life about the different laws and amendments and what have you. I think that schools don't want to teach this side because it it's dark, right? No one no one likes the word abortion. The word abortion is very much a trigger word for people. And the second they hear it, it kind of clicks off in something in their mind that makes it so that way they are not willing to hear somebody else's viewpoint somebody else's experience and i i just think that that's something that's so important to acknowledge that with all of the stuff that is going on right now which is horrible by the way i was at the protest a couple days ago and it was it was beautiful to be a part of something where everyone was fighting for the same cause however it's just horrible that we have to do what our grandmothers did yeah it's been a continual Shoot, it's been continual throughout the centuries, but the U.S., it's been freaking, what, 40, uh... 50 years. 50 years. I keep thinking 70s, 40 years. Anyways. I know. I, my sense of time is all off, so I don't even blame you. Um, but, so kind of like a little bit of a history into abortion is that whether or not the government is involved, whether or not they say it is okay in any state, any country, any city, it doesn't matter. Abortion will still happen because, unfortunately, there will always be irresponsible ejaculation, whether that is due to cause of rape, incest, horrible things, or that is a one-night stand with a partner that you don't know. It could do, be due to stealthing when your partner removes the condom and ejaculates inside of you without your knowledge or consent. It can be for so many different things, but to just label it as this horrible thing that is happening to, you know, the embryo, because most abortions happen in the early stages, you know, that person, that woman, that uterus-having human 
went through something that made her or they alter what they believe is going to happen for their life. Because it's, it's pretty much a life event. And whether if it's 100%. accident, it affects your life for not just nine months, but... Every not day even, after. Not, every day after, not even 18 years. Not until that, you know, the... Okay, get out of the house. Bye. I'm not legally... But you're never yeah, you're not never. going to be a parent. Yeah. Whether or not you gave up your child for adoption, whether or not you miscarried early on in your pregnancy and you lost your baby, and whether or not you decided to keep your child, you're never not going to be a parent. You know, you went through something that changed you to your core, whether you wanted that something or not. It was a life-altering event, and that will always essentially make you a parent, whether or not you want to be. Right. Um, I was going to ask, and we're, so Roe versus Wade, that started in 19, uh, 1973, 40 years ago. 50. Um, 50. Gosh dang it. Why do I keep saying Almost 50 years exactly, too, because 2023 is next year. Oh, my luck. It's so long ago. I know. So, so, uh, so both, yeah, that's pretty much a grandmother stage. Mm -hmm. So it's been a generational thing. I mean. This has been a fight since, I mean, this has been a fight well before the 70s. Okay. In the 1800s, the Catholic Church got involved and said, hey, no to abortions. And something that happened in the 1800s as well for the United States specifically mm -hmm. was that there were concern that with abortions happening, that there wasn't enough white people being born and that the country was going to be overpopulated by essentially what they call foreigners. So I was going to bring that up. So my great grandparents generation, they had even before my great grandparents, but the generations before this, before us had one, seven to nine kids. Mostly a lot of times they have more than three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No access to birth control. And in that day and age, not saying 100% that's what happened with your grandparents or insinuating that at all, but a lot of times in that day and age was women were basically taught that you don't have a say in sex and it's something that happened to you. Not saying that that was across the board always, but it was something that happened to you. And women tried so many different ways to prevent pregnancy, but there was no, at that time, there was no true birth control that would prevent that so people just had a lot of kids um there's also more to it than that um there are a lot of birth defects and a lot of miscarriages and a lot of and before we have the before we had so many luxuries of being able to especially for women being able to do what they want as a career because before i think it was up Till the 1950s, don't quote me on this, allegedly, 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 up until the 1950s, um, 
the mentality for the woman was, you know, stay at home, take care of the kids, and why the guy or the man goes goes to work and provides uh, funds for the family. Yeah. I mean, that's something that is a reality is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court justice that passed away a few years ago, the reason why everybody was so upset for women and women rights advocates and, you know, people that support women and people that have uteruses is that she and she alone was the reason women were allowed to obtain a credit card in their own name. A credit card in their own name. Huh? Let, um, not, sorry, gonna eventually fact check. I'll look up, look it up, but look it up. Um, I didn't know that. I really didn't. Um, yeah, so that was more in towards the 70s. Women were not allowed to own anything. And, sorry, my little scatterbrain here. I remember you mentioning in our last episode about birth control and all its wonderful things that it either wrecks your body and does stuff to you. I was at when you, just because you just barely mentioned um, the Roman Catholic, or Catholic Church, I was looking up today of um, their reasoning, why they were against uh, birth control and whatnot. And quote, not quote, is um, they were going against, it goes against the laws of nature. I'm sure it does, but isn't that the only law of nature that's benefiting a man? In a sense, yeah. Or both. Um well, in, a oh, penis, yeah, right? Right. a penis, no matter what, I mean, hopefully you get to the end goal, right? Which is ejaculation and orgasm for the man. The clitoris on a woman is the only organ that its only purpose is pleasure. However, for men, they don't have an organ that is specific to such a thing, which is, I think, a bummer, but, you know, <laughs> besides the point were special that way. So, I mean, you have way back when the laws of nature, right? Yeah, people procreate. That's the goal. But what if you don't want to? I would look, I look at it like a genealogy wise, where you look at the family tree and goes up and up and up and up and up. And if you decide, I mean, there's, you you could either die in the war, or you die through cancer, die through something. That's just another another way to. If you say you don't want to, there's just another way to say the line stops here. Mm-hmm. Unless you adopt, but then that kind of convolutes the line, genealogy line. But whatever, it's. I don't know if they. I don't know. It gets complicated on that part, which I can't explain. Um, but when I when I see the laws of nature and when religion comes into it. Um, what I'm trying to say is when this went into effect a few days ago, what was that? The 20, it was 25th? No, mm -hmm. that was It was the 24th. Let's say 27th. So yeah, it was the 24th. On the 24th, following after, when I looked on social media, I saw a lot of angry people, particularly, mm -hmm. particularly women. But I was trying to find the opposition of people who were not angry or who were, yay, you know, who was, I saw a lot of religious posts, 
but mm-hmm. I didn't see a whole lot. I, I saw a yeah. little bit. Well, and honestly, I think that something is... I think you can't deny that if you choose to say that you're anti-choice or that you are 100% against abortion and you don't believe anybody should ever have the opportunity unless given said circumstances, whatever, which is another problem. A woman should not be violated first in order to have rights of her own body. So to the second point of that is, you know, a conversation people need to talk about are several different factors. Mm-hmm. If your issue is that life begins at conception, which a lot of people say this, life begins at conception as soon as there's a heartbeat. Well, the heart's the first thing to form. So technically, it is life at conception by specific standards for people. However, look at the IVF clinics. What's IVF? So that is intro vitro fertilization. That is when somebody is struggling to get pregnant and they cannot get pregnant on their own for whatever reason. May that be the penis having party or the uterus having party, or they just don't combine together to make a baby. They can go through something um, that's called IVF and it's very expensive. Insurance does not cover it. It's typically about $30,000 for you to essentially pay somebody to chalk up the uterus having person's body full of hormones so that way it releases an egg. I see. Then you take a penis having party and take their sperm and you inseminate the egg in a petri dish essentially. Okay. So what you're looking for is an embryo. So if somebody's going through IVF, they could have one successful round or they can maybe get five or seven. They could have so many different um, possible egg options to choose from, but essentially those are embryos. Then what they do is they implant that embryo in the woman. Okay. So IVF, it's incredible because it's science that has given people the opportunity to expand, create, start, and mold their families in whatever way that they want. It's beautiful. I love that. But the amount of embryos that are thrown away from IVF clinics, if you go to an abortion clinic and there's people standing outside the street and they're chanting that you're a murderer, you're going to hell, you're all these horrible things... You could be just walking into Planned Parenthood for a pap smear, and you're called a murderer. But in an IVF clinic, they throw away so many unused embryos, so they're basically just probably doing way more abortions, essentially, than Planned Parenthood ever did. So I don't know. It's something that people need to think about. Also, I think it's an easy thing to use the unborn as a driving force for something. I mean, Ronald Reagan, he really championed and pioneered um, anti-abortion when he was doing his uh, run for presidency because it was an easy thing to target. No other presidents before had talked about it. And then he did because he needed it to get the swing states. He needed to get himself in a position where he needed more votes because he was losing and then he flipped on the 
pissed off light switch of all of these evangelical Christians and everybody else that has, you know, that ridiculously high moral compass that they think that they can tell somebody else what to do. And he won. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, um, cause I, you were mentioning the heartbeat and mm -hmm. sorry, I don't mean it. No, I'll, this is what it's for. Yeah. Um, so I was looking up like when roughly a heartbeat starts or when it start um, is formed. And what I got out of that was it was either six to seven weeks or is it, th or three to four weeks. Um, so that's where I hear where the debate comes in of mm -hmm. when it's okay yeah, or when it's not okay to abort or if the, if there, it, that's, that's just based on the heartbeat. I've heard other debates on yeah. something, some other form, but, um, you could even, you can even take that debate of every time a guy ejaculates, that's billions of children that never, <laughs> yeah. never got to see the light of day. The, the wasted opportunity. Yeah. Billions. Yeah. Um, but so cause me, my friend and I, we were talking about this, like, where's the happy middle ground? Like, mm -hmm. where is it? Cause I know that when it comes to, if you're, if you're pregnant there throughout the centuries, there have been so many complications where a lot of women have died because of, mm -hmm. um, giving birth or there was a, there's a dead fetus or there, um, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Endless, yes. Disease, diseases are like the number one killer of our world. Not, not yeah. firearms and anything else. Diseases, particularly malaria, but we're not talking about malaria. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, whatever the position people stand on, I mean, this is my personal opinion, and this is where I kind of throw myself out there, but I think the option should exist. Um, particularly, yeah, I think the option should exist because why not? Like, especially when people get put into positions such as rape or such as, what did, what did I say, dead, dead fetus and then complications that you need to remove it. And that is a scapegoat for Utah's current trigger law is in the event of rape, you have to report it to the police. Yes. Uh, right here. Um, quoting this image here, um, does not cases of rape is, but only if a police report has been filed for incest, same thing. Life of the mother's, no, life of the mother, only if a doctor says you can. Um, Which has so, to be cleared by two doctors, not just one. Is it two doctors? Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh, right here, right here. This uh, severe f fetal? Fetal abnormality. Severe fetal aber... Oh, you could say that <laughs> word. I'm not going to say... Only if it's two do doctors says you can. And there's other things of the does not and then does. And mm -hmm. 
you said Utah trigger laws, so on the does not is ban birth control, ban plan B, ban abortion in case of the stuff I just read. Um, but they pointed arrows in the does for those ones. Um, on the does nots, it's still ban removal of an ectopic ectopic pregnancy it's when a pregnancy is basically not viable from the start the egg doesn't fall within the area it's supposed to so essentially that baby is then going to kill the mom because it can't ever actually grow into a baby okay and there have been some lawmakers by the way that pregnancy was never viable from the beginning okay that's the whole point of eptopic pregnancies essentially being a reason why abortion's okay in those instances. Because if an, if a person doesn't get an abortion due to an eptopic pregnancy, they will die. No ifs, ands, or buts, they will die. There are some lawmakers that, and we should not be making laws regarding healthcare for the reason that if you don't know anything about it and you have never consulted a healthcare provider, you should not make laws about healthcare. But some lawmakers have brought about bills that were trying to make it a requirement for doctors to re-implant this pregnancy to make it viable. Though it was not ever from the start. Ooh. It I've I've also noticed like why is it I mean, there's so much to, like, especially what you just described is there's so much medically and scientifically that I don't understand as an individual, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat as me, that why why are we making an opinion or a judgment on someone that we don't understand, <clears throat> or the situation that the the couple or the woman is going through, and... It's almost this, it could be the same concept as if you have something personal going through your life. Why is mm -hmm. somebody else even having a say so? They, they have no, they don't have a right to say anything to judge you on your personal life, what you're going through. Yeah, of course. And a lot of people, they like to just talk about abortion being okay in instances of rape or incest. But I mean, there's so many reasons that people choose to opt for abortions in the state of utah specifically the highest number of abortions are happening between the ages of 20 and 24. these are women people uh, uterus having people that their highest level of education is high school and they could very well be having an abortion due to socioeconomic reasons whether that is they, you know, they, maybe they're the only ones that have a job. They have no family to rely on. They can't have a baby. They have no support. You know, maybe they come from a broken family. Maybe they are in an abusive relationship that they're trying to get out of. And if they are pregnant, either their partner may kill them or that would cause them to be tied to their partner forever. Yeah, and that's that's where i say really it sh should be an option just especially okay yeah let's go for utah for example who wants to pay for an 1800 apartment for a single bed or a two bed whatever that's just mm -hmm. an apartment 
Um, being per month. In, being in the 20s, um, just in pretty much my generation's experience, being in the 20s, especially when you're leaving your parents' house, you have to deal mm-hmm. with insurance, auto insurance, cell phone, internet, groceries, um, or freaking taxes that are stupid. If you have any college tuition you have to pay for. College tuition. Or student loans. And, yeah, um, the freaking 20s is, like, um, I know there's so much more to complain about when we get older, but there's a lot of pressure, economic pressure, on Mm -hmm. the 20s alone, especially when we're trying to figure out our life. There's some people that are still trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, which, that's just life, um... But there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of pressure that babies are not, uh, they're not cheap. And from, based on what my, based on what people I know that have had kids, they're either deductible or how much they had to pay for just going to the doctor and the visits, the, the scans, what are they called? The ultrasounds, the ultrasounds, you know, that's more than $6,000. That based well, on some of them describing their um, payment scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no way it is affordable without health insurance, right? Even with health insurance, you're paying at the least probably four to ten thousand dollars, depending, or maybe more, depending on your plan, depending on deductibles, depending on a whole lot of stupidness. But something else to consider, too, when we're talking about socioeconomic reasons that people choose for abortions. So for an example, I can talk about this because this is a situation that was very, you know, heavy in my mind of I worked for a company that in my industry, in the beauty industry, you do not get benefits, by the way, crap pay, no benefits. So why people stay in it, the love of the game, but you don't get benefits. However, my husband's company gets benefits. The job that I had found, I was able to receive health insurance, which was amazing for me. Something that was a caveat to that was he had told me, my boss at the time said, well, um, pregnancy is not covered by my insurance plan that I am providing for you. So that was something that was very real for me and kind of something that, you know, I essentially took for granted before was if I had an accidental pregnancy, I actually wouldn't be able to get on my husband's insurance plan at the last second, which by the way, would have increased our monthly rate from about a hundred dollars a month to over $600 a month for us together. That sounds unaffordable. Absolutely. Right. So there would have been no way for me to just jump on his plan in the middle of whatever year. It would depend on my insurance plan, his insurance plan, and whether or not the end dates and the start dates go together. You can have certain life changes, but I do not believe that pregnancy is one of them where you can just swap plans. So in the event that I did get pregnant, you realize the bill that we would have because pregnancy is not covered under that health insurance plan that I had at the time. Hmm. And I could hear the opposition saying, plan ahead. Who can? 
It, it's so hard to plan. I mean, I... You can make a five-year plan and guess what? None of it happens. Or you can make a plan saying, you know what? We want to have kids. We'll have kids in two years. Two years goes by. Well, now you have fertility problems. And now you can't get pregnant. And now you have to spend $30,000 on IVF because you're trying to start a family. There, I don't know her story, but there is someone in my, in, that I grew up with that couldn't have kids. It mm -hmm. was, I don't know what they ended up doing, but she eventually had a kid, but they were sh trying forever. Mm -hmm. And they would, they had miscarriage after miscarriage or they couldn't have any at all. And I mean, so the just, emotional just... taxation yes. that a miscarriage carries, not just on the person who is pregnant, but the partner who has to support them through it because it's that misunderstanding of, I don't know how to help you through this because though it happened to us, it happened to you. So, I mean, partners absolutely need to be a part of all of the conversations, yeah. whether it's the rights to abortion, whether it's having a kid, whether it's you know, partners, good partners, non-abusive partners, I'm going to say this, non-abusive partners need to be a part of the conversation. They absolutely do. Commute, whether, I don't know each scenario, but as I found in toxic relationships, communication still is key. Uh, but like I said, uh, to each, to each a situation and scenario and own... Um, yeah, communication. Well, I see a lot of men talk about, you know, their, their partners that had underwent a miscarriage or whatever decisions or whatever had happened to them as far as fertility goes. And they, they kind of just felt like they didn't have a say, that they didn't have a voice. They didn't know how to talk about it. They didn't know if they should grieve or not because it, it happened to her, you know, but it was still their baby. Right. So, I mean, there's <clears throat> men, I have noticed that they, they fall silent in these conversations. And I think it's because that they don't know where to stand. But, and it's like me right now. I, it's, we're also not good conveying emotions either. Um, some men. Some men. Some men don't cry. Or maybe they cry once in a while or they don't. Um, it. It's almost like... I, I don't want to say we're dancing on glass. But in a sense... It's a sensitive subject. And mm -hmm. it's, it's complicated. Well, and trying to be the support for we your partner, too, at the same time where, you know, somebody at some point is going to have to be strong. And so I think a lot of times the male partner decides that that strong person is going to be them, whether or not that was their first child that they lost, or maybe they have four other kids that they have to care for. Somebody, somebody has to take responsibility for the adult crap that we have to do. And when your partner can't emotionally do these things, somebody has to be strong. And so it, it's unfortunate that that strength is being upheld by men 
because you also deserve to grieve. Right. And yeah, we, um, yeah, we do deserve, I don't know. Yeah, we do deserve to grieve and we, we do it on our own time too. But you don't but have to at, do it on your own time. I mean, it, it just, that's what your yeah. partner is there for. Your partner in life is not just a partner of convenience. They are a partner that you can go to for anything. And that's something that I think a lot of men need to start opening up about is when they are struggling, especially when they feel like it's an embarrassment to go to their spouse or to their partner in life to talk about the things because they don't feel that that pain that they're feeling is enough compared to their other experience with their partner. And I saw a post, I saw a post, um, I even was talking with um, Maddie about this, is where there's two images of a guy and here's society saying, no, you have to pull pull up by your bootstraps and mm -hmm. you have to be the bigger person and you have to, you know, just swallow and deal with it. And like, um, and then there's the other, all these, all these burdens that we carry that we're not, we don't really talk about because it's like, okay, well, we gotta take care of this ourselves. We gotta own it, and, mm -hmm. and which we should when we, you know, own it. But like, still seek help if like we're strand, feeling stranded. That's why the men's and, suicide rates are so high. Is that if you can't talk about it, especially military-wise? Mm-hmm. I mean that highest number of suicides is actually elderly men elderly men elderly men because they're alone and everyone else had left either they died or nobody wants to come around so men talk about it you know if you and your partner your spouse your wife your girlfriend your boyfriend whoever it is if you've experienced a loss in regards to fertility and starting and growing your family Please talk about it and please be open about it because any held resentment is only going to cause a fire in your marriage that is very difficult to put out. Yeah, that's so far in my marriage, I've learned communication is freaking key. And I am sometimes really bad at it because my attention span is like, oh, by the way, this happened, this happened, and then. And I'm still, I'm working on it and... Well, it's never it's not never. going to be something you work on. It, you are always going to work on communication. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter how many, you could be married for a hundred years. It does not matter. There's still you things. might learn like the keys to the communication with your partner, but you're still going to have problems. Trying to interpret, not just with vocal, but figure out body language and mm -hmm. figure out, like with my wife, I... I don't even have to ask sometimes like what's wrong it's or it's an aura I think aura is the right mm -hmm. word I can feel when she's upset or how she's feeling yeah and it's something I've slowly picked up on and now it's just more natural for me to understand um, and that's such a beautiful relationship to have with somebody is knowing who they are completely and in the slightest change of their mood in their day and in, in a problem that you're able to pick up on those key things to say you know what my partner needs a little bit more attention 
Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, I was going to bring up earlier. I was going to actually read this. Um, this is kind of like jumping all over the place here. but um, I don't think podcasts ever actually follow a schedule. Because if no. they do, they feel scripted. Yeah, and I, I don't feel... I, I wrote down notes, but <laughs> since, you know, my listeners start figuring me out, it's like, oh, laser pointer, laser pointer, laser pointer, everywhere. I'm just all over the place sometimes. <laughs> um, I saw... I'm going to read this, and it's kind of a little long, but um, I found it... It, it, it kind of hit home, I guess. Um, Here. You don't have to love abortion. You can dislike it. Maybe it even makes you sad. The way you view abortion is up to you. If you don't like abortion, you can advocate for proper sex education, access to birth control, and other things that have been shown to lower unplanned pregnancies. You don't have to like abortion. But what you can't do is disrespect somebody for having an abortion. You can't take away that choice from women because you don't like it. Your emotions are not somebody else's responsibility. Your emotions aren't more important than anyone else's bodily autonomy. You don't have to like abortion, but you have to respect other people's rights and includes the rights to safe, accessible abortion. And, and legal. And legal. Um, there are some other things I think... Um, you posted that I liked here too. It says, okay, so you're banning abortion and saving the fetuses. Are you now open to the conversation about universal health care? Will you join our calls for paid parental leave? Have you reconsidered the idea of pub publicly funded child care? Are you ready to address the three times higher maternal death rate among black women and then and the lack of access to care in poor areas, uh, parentheses, this requires an acknowledgement of privilege and systematic racism, uh, parentheses. Will you still fight for those babies if they grow up to be gay or transgender? <clears throat> Excuse me. Will you still fight? Um, will you recognize the need for change if one of those babies is killed in the school shooting in a few years? If your intentions is to protect life, this ruling is far from a win because so far you're the only one or you've only forced birth. Um, yeah, I mean that one a hundred percent for me it was it was <clears throat> just the start of Sorry. it for the universal health care, which I'm not saying we have to have universal health care, guys. That is a topic of conversation that gets so ridiculously heated. However, I will say this. There is not a human alive that I don't think deserves the right to affordable access and actual access to healthcare. We are humans and we require the doctor. So, side, beside that point, going back to me having my health insurance plan that was not covered for pregnancy. How do you have a health insurance plan where it is not illegal to deny someone coverage for a medical purpose such as pregnancy 
or even birth control, like we talked about last time with Hobby Lobby refusing to cover birth control in their health insurance plans for religious reasons. How mm-hmm. how is that possible? How is that not a problem? Uh, what it, so this is what I've kind of noticed, which it's like the loophole to our system is you know you have the difference between church and state and. You know, we're following constitutional laws, but you're here, you have a company like Facebook for it is a good example, or you have companies, well, just any company or corporations like, well, here's our policies here. And it does it, even though this is an American based company, now it's publicly traded in stock and now it's international. So now it's not really us anymore. So now we get to have whatever rules we want. And so it kind of is the loophole to the system. The job I worked at small company one owner, all in Utah, specifically in Murray, Utah, total of three employees, including mm-hmm. me. It was a small enough company that I think essentially he decided not to cover pregnancy as an option because it would rise the insurance rates. As, don't you have to have a certain amount of employees for it to, oh, I guess to make it affordable. Maybe you can have an insurance. Yeah. insurance. Well, and it's also not a requirement unless you have, I believe it's 50 employees, it's then a requirement by the Affordable Care Act that you have to have health insurance be available as an option. But if you provide health insurance otherwise, that's a bonus. So I mean, yeah, but just for an example, starting with the universal health care, the fact that there's people that cannot afford a child based on health care costs, whether that raises their monthly premium to from $100 a month to $600 a month, which right now with the inflation at the current state that it is, you have housing, gas, groceries, all of that's going up. You yep. add in healthcare costs. A lot. That's, that's outrageous. So now that you mentioned that, and I cannot think of the word, what formula, that's it. Let's see how much formula shortage formula you have a national actually i think it might no it is national a national formula shortage what the hell holy okay so just one can oh that's just one can yeah what's the uh ounces though let's look at the similac 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 well um $26 $26 for a 12.4 ounce. And that's oh. the cheap one, by the way. This is on DoorDash. That's, oh, that's DoorDash? Door- you, I mean, but that <laughs> specifically, that is actually pretty cheap because right next to it, it's, you have another one. $46, $42, And I think that might last you, depending on the baby and how much they're eating, depends on if you have two babies on formula or three or four, however many babies you have. That might last you a week on one baby. Yeah, because that this one, this cheapest one, seven dollars for from Carewell, and it's only thirteen ounces. But and then Walmart seventeen. But so pretty much all of it. Also, different formula has different needs. Mm-hmm. So if you have a specific dietary restriction or a specific thing that you have to have in your formula for your baby to actually survive that also affects what formula you're purchasing so you can't just go with the cheapest route 
Yeah. That that even goes for like um well, I guess any of the some there's some people I know that can't take, you know, the great value or the Kroger brand of medications because they're mm-hmm. slightly different even though they're the same but they're slightly different. Yeah, there's higher calorie uh levels in certain ones, so if your child needs to gain weight, you have to have the higher calorie. If your child needs to lose weight, you have to have the lower calorie. If your child you know, is got special dietary restrictions where they can't have a milk specific type of formula, then you can't do that. So when did this was just a recent thing, June 14th of, no, wait, we're in June. This was earlier than that. This Um, has been going on since 2021. And there started problems in 2020 when COVID hit and people were stockpiling uh, formula. Okay. Yeah, it looks like, yep, there it is. Uh, 2021. Um, yeah. More than 40% of the baby's formula was out of stock in the beginning of May. Oh, wait, that was two weeks ago. But that was two weeks ago prior to... Um, Roe versus Wade. I mean, again, but isn't that kind of funny? How now Mm -hmm. there's a shortage and now there is... We're going to force births. In a state of climate where people cannot afford to pay their rent, where one or both parents have to be working, where there's a formula shortage, where rising healthcare costs and everything else inflation inflation i don't see how this helps families no it's okay we're sending 40 billion to ukraine it's fine everything's fine deal with it this is god's plan okay well i have a thing about that okay (laughs) i am atheist okay i am atheist i have been for a very long time so In my viewpoint, due to freedom of religion, if a law is made because of religion, I shouldn't have to abide by that. There's a difference. That's against my religion. Church and state. The whole church and state was actually in protection of the church and not the state. I kind of figured as much. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a tax exemption for donations, if I remember it? So these, the churches, I had to look this up once because the LDS church, whether you're a Mormon or not, this was a problem. Okay. When medical marijuana was on the ballot for Utah, the LDS church sent out a newsletter to all of their members, urging them to vote no on that ballot. So to not pass medical marijuana. I know plenty of Mormons. And I had a couple who said that they actually did not vote at all that legislative season because of the fact they felt so personally convicted because they truly believe medical marijuana is something that should be passed. But their church was saying no. Now, with that specifically, that actually should have cost them their tax exempt status as an organization. Now, that is a different conversation and you know, in a big whatever rabbit hole in a big rabbit hole, that's something else. But that is something that when you have church leaders in positions of power, like governor Cox, who's a member of the LDS church, 
or our Supreme Court, which majority of them are Christians, evangelical, Catholic, whatever um, organization they choose. But if you are making laws based on your religion, why do I have to follow them when this is supposed to be the land of religious freedom? That is, well, for one, big giant rabbit hole. Um, you want to hear an I, even bigger rabbit I, hole? Well, before... I mean, this this is actually somebody that I truly know that this is um, something that she did for religious freedom purposes, okay? Um, because essentially in healthcare, you cannot deny somebody access for healthcare due to religious reasons. So someone that I grew up with joined the satanic religion because they protect abortions and people who choose to have abortions. So essentially in layman's terms, by the way, she lives in Utah. In layman's terms, she is protected to have an abortion due to her religious affiliation. Interesting. Um, Crazy, right? And that's what I was, I was, I mean, this is a broad question, but the more I've, I've seen even people that are not religious participate that are against, um, pro, um, the opposition of what you are. Yeah, they're they're against abortion completely. So, but I, it, I really I was, hate the terms pro-choice, pro-life, pro-birth, whatever. Because they the all reason, mean something different. Yeah, they all mean something different. But I find that people take extremisms to heart. Mm -hmm. So if you say you're democratic, somebody on the Republican side is gonna call you a snowflake. Probably, I don't know. I'm just saying that people take these specific titles and they run rampant with it. Like I would say I'm a feminist, but if I say that to someone else. Like, oh, you're an extremist. Exactly. Nice to meet you too. No, I'm not. I believe in equal rights. Hi, look at me. Also saying in these conversations with you, men, let's be part of the conversation. Men talk, like men open up because I believe in equal rights for everybody. Yeah. Well, the, not just the original. women. I always question that, like, when we learned in, uh, I think it was eighth grade when we learned the, the Constitution, not the Constitution, the, in 1776, our father, all that, all men, that all men are created equal. I'm like, I believe there's the word men inside woman. <laughs> I mean, technically. Yeah, but, but, but you women are not tra uh, traded equal. You know, I will say something that I saw. This is a thing of humor, Okay. It was a TikTok that I saw. Oh, TikTok. It's official. It's funny, guys. Okay. Yeah. This said, you know, women are often told to... I mean, it's it's gender interchangeable. People are told grow a pair, right? As in man up or whatever. Grow a pair. Yeah, grow a pair. Of testicles <laughs> if you don't understand the joke. Okay. So people are told grow a pair. Well, technically... The woman grew every pair of testicles. So technically, men didn't even grow their own pair of testicles. Honestly, like, getting, I mean, as a guy, if you ever get hit balls, that kind of sucks to grow a pair and get whacked. It hurts. But your mom technically was the one that grew a pair, not you. <laughs> uh, I guess that is true. But you came from our rib. 
Don't yeah. Don't get it. If you're religious and if you're non-religious, that's just creepy as hell. I, I found that so fascinating. It's like, how did that... Well, so I kind of... I this is my thought and I thought like the creator of the universe or whoever created us was like an artist and they created the guy first like this is prototype one I think I can make a better version <laughs> and then they draw this they they draw and design the woman it's like yeah let's put some curves in there yeah look that's that's a good looking image what's the first image fine you're only here for one purpose plant a seed and go work and die there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean if whatever if you have a deity that you you know pray to that you worship that you just look up to for whatever reason it may be if you don't have a deity that doesn't matter it but what matters is how you treat other people in this life and if you use your religion as a reason to treat someone in a specific way whether that is good or bad i guarantee whatever deity that you are praising does not agree with that decision if you're doing something if you're doing something good for the sole reason it's going to make you look good in your religion that's bullshit you stop that right now let's do something because you want to do it. Don't don't do it because you think you're going to get some sort of benefit, whether it's here or in heaven. Um, so I read the um, Quran once. Oh, wow. I It's pretty much a rule book. And um, if you do this, and God is merciful. But if you do this, he's very wrathful or mm -hmm. Allah. But the one thing I, the one of the takeaways I got from it, which I'm, is it takes two votes of a woman to equal one vote of a man. Mm, yep. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, anyone who isn't Islam is an enemy. That's another one. But this is not mm -hmm. about, you know, attacking Islam. But I'm... Different cultures <clears throat> and different religions with different views. Yeah. I have... Another thing I written down here. Let me pull it up. Please wait where your parties reach. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, we'll go through a little history thing here, just because I wanted to talk about this part. Um, so, I was trying to find the earliest record of abortions, and the first one comes up from is Egyptian. Mm -hmm. um, if I could pronounce this right, Ebers Papyrus in 1550 BCE and then another one I there were so many different uh, groups but I was looking up Assyrians and pretty much it was women going to they did abortions but it was going against mostly men's wishes mm -hmm. so but it was pretty much male dominated um, when has it not been let's be honest about that yeah, and then um, here's another one I read from the Japanese. It's a Japanese document shows the records to induce abortion from the early, as early as the 12th century. It became much more prevalent during the Edo period, and this is where it relates to us here. Um, among the 
It happened especially among the peasant classes who were hit the hardest by recurrent famines, high taxation, and, and, um, well, that said that mm -hmm. greatly relates to what's going on with our society is high taxation and inflation. I mean, hopefully we're not going through a famine. We better not be going through Fingers a famine. Fingers crossed. Um, but we're being suppressed economically where we, it's difficult for us to, so pretty much our nation's built on debt. And so mm -hmm. we're all debt slaves. They got rid of slavery. No, slavery still exists. It's just for everyone now. Yeah. Um, and I've, uh, here's one part that the Stoics were talking about historically is they believed that the fetus was to be plant-like in nature and not an animal until the moment of birth. When it finally breathed there, they therefore found abortion morally acceptable. Sorry, I'm running my mouth here on historical things, but I just found it fascinating reading through all these different groups, like the New Zealanders, the Romans, mm -hmm. the Greeks, uh, the Japanese, the Assyrians, etc. They all had their... This has been way beyond our nation's creation of a, a constant battle. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, for Japan, it greatly affected people who had a lower economic class. Now, that's something that definitely has to be talked about, and that's something that Governor Cox, when he announced the trigger law had passed just hours after the Supreme Court decision to strike down um, the 14th Amendment that protected abortion as a constitutional right for women, that was something that he talked about was, well, we are making it basically impossible to have an abortion other than in extreme cases. But you know what we are going to do is we're going to expand resources in other areas to help women that have had their babies. But you have over 400,000 kids in foster care across that, this nation. Yes, I want to get into that. That um, foster care and adoption ugly 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 fields all of the above so going going to um the church specifically for utah um the lds church used to have their own adoption agency if you weren't aware they did I it was know. yeah it was the lds adoption agency and they did actually a lot of illegal adoptions so they would essentially get the mom to tell the dad that the baby died in childbirth and she would put the baby up for adoption what year this was recently okay yeah because my old bishop i'm 26 i stopped going to church at 14 so 12 years ago i stopped going to church but my old bishop he sued the state of utah though he was lds because his client was a father that his baby was adopted out without his knowledge so adoptions an ugly thing because there's a lot of lies there's a lot of deceit also it's insanely expensive you're paying at least like twelve thousand dollars for a child yeah and, and that's just the child you have to pay on top of that additional fees for your lawyer it gets messy mm -hmm. it, and 
hearing from multiple people is it, what people want is a new baby. They not, want a brand new baby. They don't want to have a kit. I'm not saying for everyone, but people don't want to adopt a kid that it's maybe not theirs or but there are people who want to adopt because they can't have a kid but mm -hmm. it's difficult and i've seen mm -hmm. i know you shouldn't base your facts on memes but it's i found this one unfortunate you know the so it shows a mom holding they're in a pool and it shows the mom holding a baby up above the water and yeah. it shows another, like kid, another drowning. kid drowning and the kid the other kid that's drowning is pretty much all the 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 whole adoption all the over 400,000 400,000 children that are in adoption and foster care right now 400,000 over well over and i mean the problem is is like you said people want a baby they want an infant but also people give up their children for adoption when they can't take care of a disabled child so that's you know another problem where Yes, you sign up to be a parent, but there is a difference when you are caring for somebody completely long-term for the rest of their life and also the rest of your life because you're probably going to die before them. So there's that side of it is that these kids that are coming out of foster care are heavily addicted when they are born. So they have lifelong problems. I've, I've heard about, so like there's, there's a few... There's a particular person I know that is heavily involved in drugs and kept having kids and having to put them through mm -hmm. adoption and they end up, in a sense, drug babies where they do have a lot of side effects and a lot of issues and a lot of defects. And that's a lifelong problem that they'll have to deal with. My cousin adopted and still fosters babies and she's actually fostered and fostered i think around 40 kids so she's she's fostered a lot of kids she has a lot of kids she her adopted money, children like. she's got about like nine kids all in all between her birth children and her adopted children so a lot of the kids that she has are pretty decently disabled so i don't know if you know but i don't know how the whole adoption process works either and that's something i'm hoping somebody will come on the show and actually explain that if they're yeah. even be a part of that but there was a girl that was in our high school that her and her um boyfriend had to give up their child because they were still in high school i don't mm -hmm. know their whole reasoning but um they had to give up their child um well it, it's a tough situation i think it was all on yeah, I don't know the... Yeah, tough situation. Yeah, regardless of what side you're on, it's a tough situation because... So, when you choose to give your baby up for adoption, you can change your mind the day that the baby's born. You have a grace period in which you can say, no, never mind, I want that baby. So, a family, say a family drove in hours away, they show up the day that you're going to give birth so that way they can take their baby home. And you say, you know what? Never mind. I want that child that's heartbreaking for that family because they knew that they had a baby that they were gonna come home with so they went home empty-handed 
and it's great that the mother decided that they wanted that baby and that they wanted to try and that they wanted to try and provide a life for that child so it's very heavy all of the adoption process it's very heavy there is open adoptions which you can adopt your baby out and you get to essentially create a plan or a deal with the i don't like to say deal because that seems transactional but you can create some kind of um agreement with the original parents the birth parents that they can be contacted later or they can stay within the baby's life mm -hmm. so that's an open adoption completely optional but only if both parties agree to it and then there's a closed adoption so that means all records are sealed it's going to be real tough for that kid to try and find their parent if at some point they decide to find their parent but i mean it's adoptions not easy no matter what it's going to be money it's going to be time it's going to be whether or not your child is actually healthy whether they were born addicted to drugs or not so anyone that chooses adoption you are a saint because you have gone through so much to provide a life for a child that you can immediately love as your own that is so undeniably beautiful it's awesome um this is kind of a different it is a rabbit hole but the whole time we were speaking about this part is whether you're for or against it you're still i think about how much water i mean as a nation grows in population wise that means how much food supply how much water how much this also goes into immigration too but that's another ball game but and if you're going to have this amount of population growth, it really also affects the economic and taxation for you as an individual and as a nation of, of a whole. Um, so another rabbit hole too is you have the previous generations like the greatest generation, the baby boomers, and the one before us it's baby boomers generation x then we're generation y we're millennial and then generation z don't call me millennial i'm not a millennial <laughs> <laughs> no honestly every every generation gets its own flack for something but to group an entire population of human beings and say they all act the same is no. absolutely ludicrous no it's it's Humans are, I guess the def, I, in my version of definition for a human is complex, annoying, and I'm going to walk away from it. Um, but what I was trying to get at um, is you have that, you, the previous generations which had a higher population. You can fact check me. You can actually fact check this whole conversation of ours. And um, you can fact check this whole conversation. Um, but their generation was more populated uh the baby boomers were but when you have the next future generations that are not filling in the gap of that tax of the taxes that are going into the system and then going back out that means we're gonna have to pay for it because we can't compensate for the gap that they used to fill um and which is the job shortages too everybody is talking about oh nobody wants to work anymore look at well, how many people retired due to covid welfare 
I mean, no, it's the, that the people yeah. that were forced into early retirement by Delta, for example. Delta forced a lot of people into early retirement when COVID hit. I heard something about that. I didn't know the whole information. A lot about of people. They forced a lot of people into early retirement. And a lot of other companies decided we can't have this many people on board and you're getting close to retirement age, so we'll just let you go. So, so many people were the ones that, you know, I can't work because my high, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word, but the probability of them getting code and dying was too high for them to work. So they couldn't, so they just went and took their retirement maybe a little early or maybe they were late into retirement and they just decided to full on retire. So you have your baby boomers are the people who are retiring currently. So that is also why there's a big problem when there's not enough workers is because you take the baby boomers out of the equation and that's a massive population decrease. And then if you keep incentivizing um, unemployment or before... It's no longer incentivized at all. Good. It's been a long, long time. Utah actually had a lower unemployment uh, rate during COVID than they did during the 2008 recession. I guess I shouldn't say good officially, just because the people that are really needing the welfare system, I mean, it's it's great for you have a system that can help you out and make sure that you give put food on the table and whatnot. Um, but the people taking advantage of the welfare system, it's, I don't like playing compensation game for uh, douchebags. So, I mean, it's it's not right that there's ever anybody that takes advantage of a situation, but regardless of what it is, somebody's going to take advantage. Oh, yeah. You put out a bowl of candy on Halloween and say, please take one. There's going to be those people that take one. Then there's going to be those little shits. Yes, I call them little <laughs> shits, though. Your children, I know that, but guess what? They're little shits in that moment. And then they just dump the whole bag of candy into their little bucket. There will always, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's free health care. It doesn't matter the situation. Someone's Someone will always take advantage. Yep. And that is because by human nature, we are selfish beings. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Um, I had, you know... This is, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I wrote this down and I've been asking this, like, why, why is this political or why are politicians involved with the whole? Because of Ronald Reagan. He won his election based on being the first politician to really talk about abortion. But the reason why people make it political, I think, is because, like I was saying earlier, the unborn is an easy group to put everything into, right? Just endless possibilities, endless opportunities. You never know. We were talking before the show. You don't know if that kid's going to grow up, become some crazy scientist, cures all sorts of diseases. They could be the next president. Yeah. They could also be Osama bin Laden, Hitler. Stalin, you know, I mean, you name it, they could be a horrible person, but it's giving somebody a chance, right? Yeah. Uh, what well, it doesn't, I guess this policy doesn't uh, relate to it, but for some reason it comes to my mind is no child left behind. And it doesn't relate, but it's I like mean, no baby left behind. That's yeah. kind of their viewpoint, right? Is no one gets left behind. But I mean, 
it's always going to be a moral dilemma and it's always going to be an ethical dilemma doesn't no matter how much research has been put out there however majority of americans have voted in polls and released statistics that they favor having abortion as an option because it is a person's right to choose it pulls people out of poverty it allows people the opportunity to go to get an education it allows people to control their family i mean we talked before about the inequality in women's healthcare where women are told that they can't tie their tubes because they don't meet certain qualifications to be able to tie their tubes based on how many children they have if they're married blah 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 my nail tech i just got my nails done on saturday um thanks so much v at bell's nails on redwood and south jordan you look gorgeous thank you she takes care of me but um the owner of the salon um that's lynn she had two kids and she was not 28 years old she asked her doctor to tie her tubes and her doctor said no because she needed to have three kids or be 28. So my question is, why am I not allowed to make a decision to say, I do not want to care for somebody else's entire human existence, physically, mentally, emotionally, sacrifice everything about who I am as a, my, as a person, professionally, um, economically, social, like social settings, all of that. Why is that okay for you to decide for me? If a woman asks to get her tubes tied and a doctor says no, why are you okay with having that person take a whole ass human and raise a whole ass human? I just, I don't understand the logic in that. Like you trust me with a baby, but not my own decision. Yeah. You know, the system, I don't think is very logical in the first place. No, I was none gonna, of it's logical. So now that you mentioned that, I was going to ask. So um, I heard a lot about vasectomies and then you said mm -hmm. tying the tubes. Yep. Are they both reversible? Yes. So it is a lot more invasive for a woman to get her tubes tied. It's called a tubal ligation. So if there's any people out there that are requesting a tubal ligation from their doctors... And if they deny you, you need to ask them, I need you to put that down in my medical record that you denied me a procedure that I asked for. Okay, that's just a side note. But both procedures are reversible. Vasectomies are just so much easier because you go in, you go out, same day, honestly, put an ice pack on it, you can go back to work. It's no big deal. Yeah. But for a woman, we have to go under um, general anesthesia because it is... So with guys, it's they just make a little nick and just clip your clip your line, basically. Okay. And for women, it's several incisions for our abdomen. So it's an incision for the camera, and then it's an incision kind of similar to a gallbladder surgery. Then it's an incision for the actual tool they would use to, you know, cut all the tubes a lot more work into it a lot more work into it the healing time is a lot harder and it is way more difficult and also higher risk for women to get it done it's also higher risk in the event that if you choose to reverse a tubal ligation that it doesn't work and that you are forever infertile however flip side of that coin 
there's been situations where men got their little snip and it didn't work and they ended up getting someone pregnant. So, Interesting. I mean, stuff happens, but yes, for men, it's reversible. So something that if somebody is like, you know what, really don't want to have kids and it's between you and your partner too, even if it's just you on your own, you don't want to have kids and you want to get that procedure done. I am all for you to do that. But if you are in a partnership where it is weighing the decision of what we should do as far as family planning and if we don't want a family, men, please get a vasectomy rather than having the woman be on birth control to prevent pregnancy or go through a tubal ligation. And my thought out here is as a general for especially this podcast alone or no, look, good Lord, I cannot word right now. <laughs> words are hard. Uh, mouth, brain, words, mouth. Um, as a general thing to say for you as the listener and for any of the shows or anything in this world, primarily do your research. Don't just take one person's word for it. Like, I am no literally. way a doctor or a medical provider or anybody that is able to give you any medical advice whatsoever. Can I make suggestions based on yeah. my personal experiences? Yes, and I will absolutely speak to my personal experiences and to the people that I know because that to me is absolute facts and so is the medical community. But yes, this is not medical advice. This is not telling you what to do. This is for you to have an open conversation with yourself and with other people around you. And to get more insight on this show and learn people's perspectives. That's the whole point of the show is just, I want people to be able to speak what they want to say. And well, whether you get criticized or not, I guess mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as the information gets out there to help people out. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it is that, you know, there's freedom of speech and everything. There's not freedom of consequences. Everybody likes to claim freedom of speech. Well, guess what? You're not having freedom of consequences. So if there's backlash or whatever, it happens. However, being able to be in a safe and open environment where you can express your, your viewpoints, your experiences, being able to talk openly and honestly is just such a beautiful thing. That's why I'm so glad that you've created a space for people to be able to do that. Not just for you to, you know, open up your horizons and have these conversations, but to give other people that opportunity as well. Yeah, I just seems like a new goal of mine. I just, I, that's my, I just love exercising, being able to get, because I stutter and I have such a word issue. I can't word properly and I'm owning it and being able to still try to convey what I want to say, even though I feel like people don't really give a shit what I have to say anyways. Well, have you ever seen the comedian who has a stutter and it's pretty prominent and his name starts with a D it's uh, like Drew or something but he's a comedian that has a pretty prominent stutter and sometimes there's been hecklers in his show that basically are just saying well get it out get it out come on this is ridiculous like you are paying money to watch someone else stand up on stage and live their best life you don't you don't get a damn say 
and making fun of that person. Anything that you do in confidence and that is solely something you want to do, honestly, explicit word, fuck everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Okay? They, they don't matter. The only person that matters at the end of the day that you should be trying to impress and trying to make happy is you. That's so if you've ever heard my jingle in the beginning of this, in the beginning of each episode, everything that I say is literally like, let's go check it out. Let's send it. And if toxic, toxic subjects like politics, it's like, well, let's go eat political Tide Pods together because Tide Pods, <laughs> the Tide Pod challenge is amazing. Oh All the cool gosh. kids do it. I well, still can't believe that's a thing. <laughs> what was it? What was the ice challenge? Ice challenge, the ghost pepper challenge, the... Cinnamon. The cinnamon challenge? Yeah, there's always challenges. So here's mm. a new challenge then. Have an open conversation without anger towards someone else. Yes. And listen. Shut your damn mouth for once. And just listen. And don't just wait to respond. Actually digest what somebody else has to say. And then you can talk. Brought to you by debate, debate advocates and people who love debating and interrupting each other. But what <laughs> if this? But what if that? But what if this? Oh, why? Can you explain this for me? Can you explain that for me? Oh, well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I'd be a terrible lawyer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the, the, okay, the off topic, but the lawyer for, um, Johnny Depp and Amber, for Johnny Depp going against Amber Heard, she was awesome. She was a prominent figure in law. And I think that that, I saw somebody get a tattoo of essentially her that says, I object or something along those lines. And you know, at first I was like, that's so stupid. Like, why would you get a tattoo of somebody else like that? Like, uh, come on, really? Okay, whatever. But then I sat and thought about it and realized, you know, she laid the groundwork for so many women to decide to get into law. And I just thought, damn, she is badass. But I pledge, I pledge. Well, that's Amber Heard. Okay, we're talking about <laughs> Camille, who, Camille Vasquez, who is a fantastic lawyer. And she is doing the work and opening up doors for not only women, but women of color specifically. So it's just... And she did a great job for Johnny, that's for props sure. Props to her. Yeah, so distracted. Side note, ADHD. <laughs> Um, that's a lot of my notes we went through. Um, shoot. Well, okay. So real quick before we get done, here is just a couple pointers, especially for men out there that kind of just don't really understand the whole pregnancy thing. So when people are talking about weeks in pregnancy, this is something to keep in mind. So if somebody says, I'm six weeks pregnant, I'm eight weeks pregnant. That means that they are two weeks or four weeks late on their period. That's how much notice they have. Two weeks or four weeks. And if you don't have a regular cycle, 
like I didn't after I got off of birth control my cycle went haywire I went two months with no period you know so it's that could have been pregnancy but it also could have just not been my cycle regularly so I could go two months and be like well yeah my cycles are regular but I was pregnant the whole time hmm. so that's just something that I think men need to keep into consideration is the time frames when women are talking about how many weeks pregnant they are is that it literally could have been two weeks late on their period and they had no clue yeah that's a communication uh, it's not even really a communication thing it's I mean yes I do think that men should be more involved in their partner cycles because I think it helps them better understand them and support them emotionally and also too it gives them a little bit more view and viewpoint empathy into the woman's experience that they have to go through every month or whatever their cycle is like um, a friend of mine that is in Atlanta he does film I've just kept in touch with him on social media, but he is just such a woman's advocate. And one day I had shared something that was about periods and just how ironic and funny it is that women just go to work and they're in excruciating pain from their menstrual cycle because of cramps. Yeah. It, I mean, it feels like your insides are being ripped out from you sometimes. It seriously can be so extreme. And he had said, he's like, I don't know how you women can walk around like nothing is wrong and you're in excruciating pain all day long. And that honestly was the first time a man has ever, ever validated my experience as a woman with my menstrual cycle in my life. This happened maybe six months ago. I'm 26 and I was validated by a man for the first time when it came to my menstrual cycle I was absolutely floored and like my second thought was you actually truly give a shit about women because you actually care about our experiences like I was absolutely blown away but isn't that funny though that's just that's such a little thing it's a little thing that made a huge impact absolutely which all the small things I love the smallest things definitely make the biggest impact. I mean, you could be nice to a stranger one day on the street and they remember you years later. I sure do. I, I remember like the smallest things that people did. It's like, I remember what drink you were wearing that, or what, I remember what shirt you were wearing that day. I remember what drink you were drinking that day or stuff like that. Yeah. The littlest yeah. things make the biggest difference. And that, that's why I think men need to be a part of the conversation is because it's those little acts of support that, I mean, not only are going to help you as a man continue to grow, but for you and your relationships, whether that's with a current partner or a future partner, that doesn't matter. That's going to allow you to be able to see each other better. I guess since I know we're like, we're um, getting we, to the end We here. always run out. Yeah, but we're, <laughs> but, um, I have like a new question that following after. So, okay, if we're if, if for guys to be more involved, is there stuff that like we can get our ladies um, or significant other, significant other? What can we get them like food wise, drink wise, or what can we do to help them if they're? I mean, 
maybe we assume they're already taken care of and they're doing what they already know what's best for them, but like, what are some suggestions we can get for, for them? Well, I think honestly, that's such a great question. and so awesome of you to ask. Like we talked about in the very beginning, how in the very, you know, beginning stages of marriage, right? Hmm. You couldn't pick up on when your wife was having those emotional changes. I couldn't remember if we had this conversation before or after the mic turned on, but we had this conversation of, well, I, I learned her like tells when she's having a bad day and I can kind of better help her in those moments. So it's kind of like that. Watch and listen because though men are problem solvers, taking a step back and listening and watching and waiting can actually do more for you than just trying to jump in and solve the problem. Like, have you yeah. ever seen the video of the the woman and the boyfriend where they're having a conversation on the couch and the woman is just like, it's just like this constant pressure and like pain in my head. Here. And she has a pair of scissors stuck in her head and the boyfriend's sitting there like, well, you could just take out the scissors. She's like, it's not about the scissors. Or oh. maybe it's a knife, but she's like, it's not about what's in my head like i'm asking for you to listen to me i'm asking for you to hear me and to validate my feelings and he's like yeah but i can tell you how to solve your problem she's like that's not what i want and yeah that's that's literally how our program is like yeah here you go done have a good day yeah and that's because <laughs> i think a lot of times for at least my own personal viewpoint from what I've experienced with men mm -hmm. is that so much of your worth comes from a transactional situation. What can you provide that's worth value so that whatever you provide was a solution and that's great. So here's the reward for that solution that you provided. Fantastic. That's all I need you for. See you later. I think that's why a lot of times men have that solution-based mentality is because that's where they have found value in the past or that's where people have placed value in them is because it's the solution that they are giving. But if you take a step back and listen to what your partner's needs are, you know, I love chocolate. I love desserts. I'm a sweet tooth out the ass. But say your partner hates chocolates, hates desserts. She just wants something salty. Like that's, you just got to watch and listen. Not everybody needs a chocolate bar for their pregnant for their pregnancy for their menstrual cycle just watch and listen here's some endorphin endorphins <laughs> for you exactly um yeah listen uh listening like in a sense it it makes logical sense to me but also it's like yeah problem solving mentality i mm-hmm yeah i it's it computes but it doesn't compute like I mean, think of it this way. You have a more effective solution by having all the information. Right. So stop jumping to impulse and start listening. Yeah. Which impulse has gotten me in very, a lot of trouble, not just relationship wise, but throughout my whole life is just kind of assuming and jumping mm -hmm. to conclusions. And so, um, well, and you're not alone in that a ton of people. That's the case where it is people jump to conclusions and also people jump to what they think someone else needs. So maybe they're like, Oh, well you, you must need dinner. So I'm going to bring you dinner when they've really just wanted you to sit there and 
talk. Sit there and listen. Or maybe just sit there silently and watch a movie with them. Or like when they're, like recently, somebody was talking about their problems, like throughout their, they're having car issues, they're having stuff out. Issues that for some reason I thought to myself, I'm like, well, do you want me to take you to work? It's like, no, no, I already got, I don't want your, like, um, offering advice when it's not needed. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 I didn't. I have such I a know. problem with that. <laughs> I am, I, like you, kind of jump to a solution in a lot of cases. So I think we're ADHD, both you and That's I, it. and we're just like, I know what to do. <laughs> well, it's like, you have a good intention to help people mm-hmm. out, but at the same time, they're just like, no, I... We just want you to listen. Yeah, that's not what I wanted. I didn't want you to help me out. I wanted you to be my friend or be my partner. Just just nod. Nod. Yeah. Give the occasional... Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, make it feel like you actually care about what they have to say. Yeah. Because um, I mentioned this during the Vega episode. Is, um, I was getting offered advice... For when I had a flat tire, it's like, did you do this? Did you do this? It's like, shut up. I know what to do. Go. <laughs> Honestly, just leave me alone. Let me rage for a second. Let me figure. Mm-hmm. Or you get advice after a situation's already happened mm-hmm. that you've already dealt with, and somebody's like, well, you should have done it this way. Like, what does that have to do with anything at this point? You're now just controlling the conversation and telling me what I should have done. Like, it's. I don't want to talk to you now. Yeah, it's a it's a buzzkill. It's a total buzzkill. So yeah, I mean, it's just in general, people, we need to do better. But when you recognize that you are a solution based problem solver, it is good to take a step back. And don't be a keyboard warrior. Oh my god! Seriously, <laughs> keyboard warriors, man, kill me. Those people would jump to impulse real quick. It's like Honestly. I can say what I want without any without any um, face-to-face co- uh, contact. I could yeah. do this from a distance and make fun of you. Yeah, you can just say, "Man, I really love this orange juice that I had this morning." You don't like apple juice? Like, damn! I didn't know it was exclusive. Did you know how many animals die for your orange farm? Probably a lot, actually, because <laughs> of horrible farming practices. But that's a different that's a, situation. Yeah, we're we're going through several rabbit <laughs> Always. I did warn y'all this uh this this episode could be offensive. Push your buttons. With the oranges. <laughs> With oranges. And avocados. But I mean, just just look at the conversations that we have had, where we've been able to kind of openly. You know, talk about things that maybe some people find taboo. Maybe some people find an off-topic situation. Obviously, if you've listened to the last episode and this episode, I am not the kind of person that really withholds information. I'm kind of a loud mouth. So, I'm more of an open book in that situation. But, this at least is a jump start point for someone to and not saying you have to make a decision or a stance or whatever you have to do but just at least to learn a little bit more and to show compassion for other people like that is just honestly in times like right now 
please show compassion to the women, the uterus having people, the LGBTQ plus community and the women of color that is seriously going to be so affected by this overturn of Roe versus Wade and the protection of a constitutional right that we had. This is just something that is very serious and it's not something that we should just take lightly because in my opinion, what's next? We're one step closer, multiple steps closer to 1984. If you ever read that book, it's pretty. We are so much closer to going further back 50 plus years than we are to actually progressing as a society at the current state. Yep, pretty much. More of a, here's more security and less freedom. Here's more debt and here's more reliance upon the government. And here is more problems that we're going to start that divides people. So if we just take these situations that though they're heavy and create a lot of emotional response, if we can just have a conversation and take the emotion out of it and take religion out of it and, you know, extremism, then we can maybe get somewhere. This is how change happens. Logical thinking and yeah, I agree. Well, anything else we want to throw out there before we wrap this up? You know, I think that this was very packed full of good stuff. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to have another conversation about horrible things like this, but I am always willing and open to talk about situations like this. And also, as a side note, I am a completely safe space for anybody who needs to go on a camping trip to the great bordering states around us, you know, weekend getaway, no questions asked, I will accompany you on your camping trip. So if you need anything from me, I am here for you, not just to take you on a camping trip. If you need an ear, you need a hand to be held. I don't care. I will be there for you. It's much appreciated for more people to be open to that and helping that people out. Just help people out. Love, love thy neighbor and um, be a good human. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Oh, sorry. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole. Yeah, just just don't be a horrible person. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for having being on the show and. Um, Appreciate you coming on and talking about this. This is um, this was awesome, and um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Bye, everyone.